Hey, we're gonna do something a little bit different. Before you take your seat, still remain standing. Now, I grew up in this house, you know, and there's so many great memories growing up in church. Who grew up in church? Can someone raise their hand? Anybody grew up in church? Yeah. Who here is first generation Christian in your family? Come on, hands up. Oh, come on. There's a blessing for, your gener- for the generations because of your faithfulness in the house of God. And you know, growing up in the house of God, you know, there's been many songs that, you know, over the years that really, really touch our hearts. And you know what? There's so many great things. And so I'm so glad for the new music that flows out of this house. But I thank God for some old bangers that really just something to do something to the heart. In fact, the other day on Wednesday, you're probably wanting, you're giving us the stand for a while. Trust me, there is a reason. I walked down to women's. Sharon was downstairs with her crew getting ready to set up and shout out to all the girls for women's on Wednesdays. And uh, oh, that's almost clapworthy right there, I think, you know, like, yeah. And um, I walked downstairs and I was just in one of those moods and I walked up to Sharon and I started singing this song and I was hoping that maybe you could sing with me. If you know the song, I'd love you to, to belt it out. And it goes like this. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. Come on. Has made, hey, we will rejoice. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is. Can we give God some praise this morning? Come on now. Yeah. And it was funny because I was thinking about it, and then just when we just finished belting that old banger out, then I then I I reflashed back to when I was in the children's ministry. And back then, when I was, the first, you know, many, many years ago, we are in George Street. And you know, there's great memories attached to places. I remember the pizza shop being downstairs, running up the stairs. I mean, there was pine panelling on the wall. Come on, who remembers those days? The bricks were painted white. There was palm trees at the front. And I remember walking to the children's ministry and there was frosted glass. Ultra safe by today's standards. Nobody got hurt. But I remember seeing this song. If you know it, I'd love you to go with us. I've got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Where? I got that down in my heart. Where? All right, you may be seated. Thank you. (laughs) It was almost worth a stand up. And you know, this morning, I just want to share with us on this topic called joy. Everyone say joy. joy. Come on, why don't you turn to your right, give him a high five and say joy. Come on, do that. One to your left, give him a high five, say joy. Ah, there's something about the joy of the Lord. Come on now. There's something, there's something about singing praise to the Lord that really brings refreshment, brings peace and brings hope into your life. There is something about giving God the rightful place in our lives. You see, when we're worshipping God and, when, and you want to experience real joy, it comes by putting things in the right place and the right order. And when you're worshipping God, what you're saying is, God, you are above everything that I'm facing in my life. Come on now. You're above me. You're above my circumstances. You're above the interest rate rights. Come on now. Amen. You're above my children. You're above my work. You're above my business. You're above it all. And today I'd love to share with you on on this topic called joy. You know, joy is not based on circumstances. 
Joy is not based on what we see. Joy is not based on what's happening or not happening around me. It's not based on economics. It's not based on interest rates. Our joy is not based on what we see, popular opinion, but it's based on the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on now. Our joy is not based on things that are tangible, but things that are intangible. Have you ever, we all know those people in our lives that are just happy people. Who knows what I'm talking about? They just always seem to be happy. And you're probably listening and looking at this young preacher thinking, man, you are one of those guys. But you know what's really particularly interesting is that um, I've always thought, why are people so happy? It seems like nothing seems to bother them. Nothing's ever a problem. In a previous workplace, I remember I people come up to you saying, hey, you know, whatever you or I actually want. And I even got asked this question, James, are you on drugs? I mean, well, if you call the Holy Spirit, well, you know, I am on the Holy Spirit, on the Word of God. I don't do any of that stuff. I'm just on Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. I'm talking about Leviticus, Deuteronomy and Chronicles. Come on now. And, uh, but who knows that just because someone has that facade of happiness doesn't mean they have joy in their life. I mean, we all know people, they have the facade of being happy, but really inside are not doing so well. But having said that, never don't mistake people just because they're serious people that they do not have the joy of the Lord. Because um, not everybody is uh, jumping around and, and, and all those sort of things. Some people are serious. Not serious in the, in the terms of rigid, but serious in the fact that they know that where their help comes from. I wanna ask you today, do you know where your help comes from? Come on now, do you know where your help comes from? And we can say it's not in personality types or things like that. You know, we think uh, when we see people who are enthusiastic that they, we think that maybe they've just got joy. But we need to see that enthusiasm and the anchor of peace in our lives help us to make decisions that are right under pressure. Then assume that they have joy. But joy is a inside job. Everyone say inside. Others might not see it, but there should be an effect that comes out of our lives to prove what's actually happening on the inside. You know, that's, that's why in the Word it says, by the abundance of the heart, thank you, the mouth speaks. Why? Because joy is something that radiates from the inside, it comes out of your life, and therefore it doesn't just affect you, but it affects your work colleagues, it affects your family, it affects everything that you touch, everything that you get involved in, it, it, it really makes a difference. Why? Because what's happening on the inside begins to come out of your life. You know, maybe for some of us here today, you've allowed circumstance to dictate your joy. But can I tell you and can I encourage you today that true joy is not found in things, it's found in Jesus Christ. Come on now. Come on, come on now, come on now. True joy is not found in the stuff that you have. The car you drive, where you live and what have you. But it's found in the person of Jesus Christ. That's why Paul in 2 Corinthians could say this. You know, I was actually thinking about the Apostle Paul and that how he, whilst he was in prison, he could still bring Praise to the Lord. How could how would a person that's been locked up, incarcerated, still give God praise? Because you, you've got to understand, so when you're giving God praise, what you actually do is you're not just raising your hands and, and just singing a song, but you've got to understand there's spiritual warfare that is happening on the backside of your praise. Have you ever wondered why in church we actually have an, an order? I mean, hey, we serve a God of 
order, not disorder. But there's actually a reason for order in the way church runs. And it's not because one day some preacher or some pastor decides we're going to run an order, but there is an order that happens. In fact, the reason why we start off with praise first is because when we praise the Lord first, what we're actually doing is we're actually opening up our hearts and opening up our minds and opening up to the Spirit of God for what He wants to do in, in our life and in our situation. So can I encourage us today? That's the reason why we start off with praise and worship so that when it comes time to the Word of God, our hearts are already open to receive God's best for our lives. And so can I just encourage people in the house today, online and in the room, let's be people that are on time in the house of God. Because you've got to understand something. It's not just on time that makes a difference, but you've got to understand this spiritual warfare when you're in the house of God with the Holy Spirit can go to work and you'll be half start punching out some things that don't need to be in your life. And so I thank God for worship and praise. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 says this. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Everyone say you. you. For my strength has been made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest in me. Therefore, I take great pleasure. Everyone say pleasure. Pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, and in persecutions, and distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Here we see the Apostle Paul probably, almost definitely one of the greatest uh, teachers of the New Testament. And in 2 Corinthians 12, he's speaking about the challenges that he has faced, some of the issues that surrounded him. But whilst he was facing difficulties, he was not shaken. He, was, he did not become unhinged, for he knew where his help comes from. We've got to understand something today. The joy of the Lord does not cover the challenges that you face. Come on now. The joy of the Lord does not cover up the challenges that we all face in life. But rather, listen to this, it keeps us anchored in His ability in our lives. Come on, I want us to repeat that today. The joy of the Lord just doesn't cover up the challenges and the problems that we face, but rather keeps us anchored, keeps us strong on what God, His ability in our lives. It helps us beyond to see problems in our life, but gives us the strength to know that God is with us. We need to know no matter what it is we face in our lives, that God is with us. This morning, as you're hearing this word, maybe you're facing some things that are a bit of a challenge. And maybe you feel like, God, where, God, where are you? Have you abandoned me? Have you forgotten me? I wanna tell you and I wanna declare this morning that God is with you. God is with you in the fire. God is with you in the challenge. God is with you every step of the way. You know, what I love about God is that God does not abandon His people. And so no matter where you face yourself today, whenever what is happening in your life, that you can know and rest assured, if God, if you are for me, then who shall be against me? Come on now. We need to know that God is with us. As we run our business, as we raise our family, as we do recreational things, every good and challenge you face in your life, God is with you. Everyone say you. you. Sometimes God's best, I, I really want us to get this this morning. Sometimes 
God's best is not seen in the good times, but rather in the challenging times in our lives. I mean, how would you know that God is your healer unless you were sick? Come on now. How would you know that God is your provider unless you're in lack? How would you know that God was a restorer if you did not need restoring? There are some things we love, the word testimony, and that is the, then the, the story of how good God has been. But sometimes we want the money without the test. And sometimes we can face what we're facing and we just love the moaning part. We're moan, 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 moan. But I love the Apostle Paul. He says, come on, guys, come on. I thank God that in my affirmities, come on now. I thank God. Therefore, my son, therefore your grace, therefore my grace is sufficient for you. There is a word for someone this morning. This is the word of the Lord for you. God's grace is sufficient. Come on now. Some of us, we need to hear that. God's grace is sufficient for you. That everything that you are needing in this season of your life, God has already provided in the form of His grace. If there is one thing I know the enemy would love to do is to steal our strength. Have you ever been in a place where you've had so much stuff happen to you one after the other, one after the other, and it's just like, oh God, this is relentless. It's not stopping. It's not happening. Come on, who knows what I'm talking about right now? It's just not happening. God, help me. Jesus, take me to heaven now. I can't deal with it anymore. You know, have you ever been in a place where you've been unwell? And you've been sick. You know, recently I, I went through the flu and I was stuck in bed like a vegetable for a week. And it was at the worst experience. I mean, even COVID was better than that. You know what? I shouldn't even be saying that. But anyway, you get the idea. Amen, come on now. But of course this happens to us from time to time. And particularly even when you have young children, amen. The enemy, as we know, is the accuser of the brethren. His mission is to steal, kill, and destroy every good thing in our lives, including our relationship with Jesus. I want us to get this today. He hates the fact that we, that we love God and have relationship with Him. The fact the Word of God says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Come on now. The Word says the joy of the Lord. Everyone say the joy. So let us think about that for a minute. So our strength is based on the joy of the Lord. Our strength helps us to endure tough times, helps us with challenges that we face in our lives, helps us to make right decisions with clarity of mind and thought. And the enemy knows that if he wants to get us, he will not be able to get us when we're at full strength. So what he will do is he will try to white ant us. Let me just unpack a story here. When Diane and I got married four years ago, we went on a trip for our honeymoon. And uh, we had this, this house, it was an older home. And we went on a, on a trip and as we came back, probably our first night back, we just come in, put all the suitcase in, we're going home to rest. And I was looking at the, the trim boards or architraves of the window on our lounge room. And I was, I was looking at that, I was looking, about, looking at and noticed that there was bubbles. So my inner child came out and I decided to stick my finger into those bubbles. But what happened with with that was, timber normally just doesn't bubble up normally. But as I stuck my finger in, my finger went all the way through. Now, luckily, Diane didn't see this because she was somewhere else. She would have thought, what am I doing marrying this, this guy? But anyway, 
So I end up pressing all the bubbles and end up ripping the architrave off the, the window. And in the middle of that was, there was the window frame, the window seal, and then there was the frame of the house and there was packets. That's what holds the windows to the frame of the house. But what I did notice was that there was a whole stack of white ends, thousands of them, just going and eating away at the timber. Now, you've got to understand something about houses. The frames of the houses are designed to keep everything together. And in this case, our house was made of hardwood. So the termites were really liking this timber and they were going for it. And it got me thinking about how the enemy, what he wants to do, how he wants to sap away our joy in our lives. Because he knows that it's not one ant that will take the house down, but thousands of ants having a go at the timber of the house that will take the house down. In our lives, we've got to know something. The enemy is after our strength. And so how does he do it? He won't just get us in one swipe. He will start taking our joy away. And the thing is, if your joy is wrapped up in things and wrapped up in people, you're going to be bitterly disappointed because things are not going to happen or happen, happen or not happen the way you thought they should or would. That's why we need to have our joy wrapped up in the Word of God and the person of Jesus Christ. The enemy knows that he can't have one crack to take our joy away, but sometimes you allow things in our lives to slowly, slowly eat away. He's not after your joy. He's actually after your strength. I want us to get this today. He's not after our stuff. He's after our strength. Because if he can take your strength, listen to this. If he can take away our strength, it'll affect our ability to resist him. Come on now. The enemy will get us. The only way he can get us is if he he, he saps our joy away little by little. And then if he can do that, he will get our strength. Then, we have, then when we see um, scriptures like this, James 4, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Spiritual warfare. We need to know that our joy is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not wrapped up in things. It's not wrapped up in people. It's not wrapped up in careers. It's not even wrapped up in family. It's wrapped up in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with with uh, finding joy in other things. That's, that's, that's okay, but it's all about priority. Our joy is rooted and founded on Jesus Christ who will not fail us. He will not fail us. So the question is, how do we cultivate joy in our hearts? 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16 says this, Rejoice always and pray without ceasing. Give thanks in All. Everyone say all. All. Everyone say all. All. Circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know, there's been many times in my life when things have gone wrong. Things have not happened the way I thought they could or thought thought they should. Or maybe there was unmet expectation most of the time. But it's funny because my dad would come up to me and say to me, Sonny, just thank God for it. And if I can be really honest with you, this is my reaction. Dad's very calm. I said, Dad, I don't want to thank God for it. I'm actually really, really upset. Can you see it on my face? And truth be told, that's sometimes how we act sometimes. Come on, let's get real. Yeah. Dad in his wisdom, it's like, okay, son, whenever you're ready. 
But you've got to understand something. When you're giving God thank, thanks for when things go wrong in your life, what you're saying is, God, I trust that in this circumstance, you know exactly what you are doing. Come on now. You know exactly what you are doing, God. There needs to come a time in our lives. If we want to take things down, maybe it's time to stop trying with our hands and start lifting our hands. Come on now. There's only something the praise and worship and thanksgiving to God that can do in your life. I think sometimes we're trying to fight the battle in our own strength. But can I encourage us this morning, instead of fighting the battle in your own strength, what about you fight your battle with your hands raised to God? God, I trust you. God, I believe you. God, I worship you. This might not look like what it should be, but I'm following after you. Because you've got to see something. What, What happens is, Circumstance, joy doesn't co- just cover circumstance, no. It actually changes our perspective. And some of us, you know, the real breakthrough is not the change of circumstance, it's actually the change in our perspective and the way we see things. And can I encourage us maybe this morning as you're listening to this word online in the room, that maybe there's some perspectives that you need to change. It puts the focus back on God and says, God, you are good, you are able. And listen to this one, you have got me. One thing is to say that God is good. One thing is to say God is able. But it's a whole nother level, despite what you're facing and hell's breaking loose, that you can say, God, you have got me. Without a shadow of a doubt, you have me in the palm of your hand. Psalms 37 says this, verse three, Trust in the Lord and do good and dwell in the land of His faithfulness. I love this. Delight yourself also. Everyone say also. In the Lord and what? He shall give you the desires of your heart. True joy is not found in things. It's found in a a cultivated, close relationship with God. Come on now. Joy doesn't just happen. But rather is something that we build as we get closer to God. So when we hear so when we see in Psalms there that some things don't happen, hey, we can still say, God, you are good. Because if you know God, He will show you stuff. I love this. Delight yourself in the Lord and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. Let's look at the context of this Scripture. To delight yourself in the Lord means to take great pleasure, to have keen enjoyment or to have satisfaction. Let's look at that in context. Take great pleasure in the Word of God or to have keen enjoyment in worship. How about this one? And this is not just because it's Next Step Sunday, but it's funny how God puts things in the Word. Take great satisfaction in serving others. Come on. So the joy of the Lord doesn't come from self, but rather enjoying God and how good He is. Come on now. This is the reason why when life throws curveballs, we are not shaken. We are not moved. Why? Because God, You're rock. Because You are our God. You are our rock. You are our shield. You have got us. So can I ask you today, where do you get your joy from? Do you enjoy God? A couple of questions. Do you get excited to spend time with Him? Do you love what He loves? Come on now. If not, well, maybe you're on the process of discovery. Maybe this is an indication that your joy is not found in God, not found in Him. 
And let me just say this. You know, you might think, wow, James, that's a very harsh. You're harsh. But I want to tell you, I want to tell you this. How good is God that He would tell some young preacher to share a word like this so that maybe as you look back at your life, you can see that you need to make some changes and by the grace of God, you can make some changes and you can experience joy just the way God intended. Come on now, amen. So when verse four says, He will give you the desires of your heart, I often thought, well, God, why did you put it in this order? Then I realised it was so simple. The reason why God can give us the desires of our hearts is because our hearts are not wrapped in desires and things, but wrapped in the person of Jesus Christ. Come on, come on now. Some of us today, you need to rewrap some things in your life. Start, time to start unwrapping the car. Time to start unwrapping the career. Time to start unwrapping the, the circumstances. But wrap yourself in the person of Jesus Christ. Because if you do that, He will give you the desires of your hearts. Come on! Because if we can do that, the desires of our heart will not take away us from God. Hey, I've often thought, God, how come there's things that, that you know my desires in my heart, how come it's not happened yet? But then I realised something. Sometimes the reason why God, excuse me, hadn't given me some of the desires of my heart because God knew that if He gave me those desires that my heart would be tainted. And so then I've come to realise as I'm getting older that by the grace of God, God, I thank You that You did not give me what You gave me. I thank You that You made me realise that the real blessing is not the stuff, it's actually Your heart, God. So I just wanna bless Your Name today. Hey, God wants to give you the desires of your heart. He wants to give you joy. Joy is not found in things. Joy is found in the person of Jesus Christ.